Hi. Hello. What are you dreaming about? You. <laughs> Can you smell me from over there? I smelled you when you got off the elevator. It's ripe. Do you need some deodorant? What kind do you have? Lady Bick. That's a pen company. <laughs> have you been using pen for deodorant? Yeah. Yeah. Lady Bick is a razor. Ah, uh, the chemistry returns. <clears throat> levels. Lovely levels. Still, still don't know where we're having dinner tonight. Leslie loves Larry's levels. Yeah. Have you ever considered a job in sound engineering? I have, actually. An engineer of sound? You have considered it. I saw you have. You had that book about the... Wieners? Find your balloon, find your parachute. Oh, an ex-girlfriend loaned that to me. Oh. Remember Ashley? Ashley 1 or Ashley 2? No, that's Amber 1 or oh, yeah, 2. okay. <laughs> there is only one. There's so many women, it's hard to keep them straight. Uh, you know? So many women. It's hard to keep them straight because they go, uh, <laughs> hey, I'll... After a night with me. Go and get Welcome back to a brand new episode of Nobody's Deathmatch with your hosts, Steve Gilbert and me, Eric Cuvelier. It's been a year. It's been a rough year. <laughs> For everyone. For everyone. The American people. But us especially. We wanted this year to be better. David Bowie and Leonard Cohen. And Prince. We're not talking about dead celebrities. Hell no. We're talking about Sphere. The movie called Sphere. <laughs> From 1998. You know, it's that one with uh, that star-studded cast. And they play scientists who are dispatched by the U.S. government to go underwater. Not outer space. Underwater. But it's kind of like they're in outer space because they're in a submarine. Briefly in a submarine. And why do they get dispatched by the U.S. government? Because there's been... A discovery. A discovery. Of epic proportions. Uh-huh. Happens to be a spaceship. Some kind of spacecraft. And then uh, that's basically in the movie. Something that's been there, measuring by the coral that is now covering it, for much longer than humans have had the ability to build such a craft. So, I mean, that's science right there, right? That's, this is hard sci-fi. There's a lot, there's a lot of science. But well, you see, Eric, it's based on a book. What? By... Wait, they... Michael Crichton? Michael Crichton. <laughs> Mitchell Crichton. And he's one of those sci-fi writers that does his homework. No, he doesn't. Buddy. I didn't read Jurassic Park, but I'm pretty sure you can't just, like, get DNA out of, like, maple syrup, amber rocks. Amber one or amber two. Oh, that's nice. Nice little personal joke there. Kind of. <laughs> don't think about it too hard. <laughs> Got syrup out of both of them. <laughs> I don't. Oh. <laughs> you want like a bike horn that I can ring anytime you make a real solid funny? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we meet the the star-studded cast of Sphere? Um, Do an impression of each one, please. Sharon Stone, so go. Hi, Hi, I'm. Hi, I'm. I'm Beth. I'm. 
a woman and a biologist. You're so loud right now. I... I'm not going to be able to contribute any of my skills to this mission. I'm more just here to provide character conflict. Because yes, I did have a sexual relationship with Norman. Okay, that's good. And That's good. But I'm fine now. I'm totally over it. I'm totally mentally stable. So there's been a craft that has been discovered. Oh, <laughs> just the rest of the podcast in in character. What kind of craft? Uh, an alien craft. And well, with, I'm a biologist, like within, I said. And within it. So I might have some insight and big tits. Okay. Does she really have... Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. Motherfucker guy. Uh, uh, square root of 30. Mathematician. He's a mathematician. You're really... <laughs> um, Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a... I'm a trial psychologist. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yes, the, the rumors are true about me and Beth. We did have a uh, sexual relationship. Uh, I might have abused my powers as her therapist, her superior. Uh, I, yes, I did happen to finger blast her. And, uh, God. But uh, things are copacetic now between us. I, she belongs on this submarine. You're making and, me sweat uh, within the first 10 minutes. Leave Schreiber. Oh, God, you're going to do all of them? <laughs> it's not necessary. Uh, somebody had to die. Um, he dies. He's kind of the main big character who dies, right? First person to die is a black woman. Yes. Let's make this about race. It's what we do best. What do you think that says about stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you take the lead on that. I think there's a, well, one of my main complaints with Sphere is that there, there's a lot of like, kind of like, uh, maybe like plot holes or something like that. It just doesn't really like, for a while there, the whole theory is that these creatures, these things that are happening, like these dangers that are occurring, it's all derived from Samuel, from, from Harry's dream state. It's like whenever he's sleeping, that's when shit goes awry. Mm Mm-hmm. And who, why the fuck is he just dreaming about jellyfish and and, he's reading and the sea book. snakes? Yeah, but like even if you're reading a book, you're still like, you know, he's gonna dream about hamburgers every once in a while. He's gonna have a wet dream. He's gonna uh-huh. have, you know. It was selective. It was only destructive things that were yeah. being manifested. That I I mean I think it was just misrepresented from the book. But but the thing is is that like but then eventually once they realize that also. Norman and Beth are manifesting some of these like fearful images and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing it like they're not even sleeping or anything. So it doesn't really have anything to do with the sleep. Yeah. So is it more just like maybe it's in your subconscious? Like the. Uh, yeah. Because it's Nor. What does Norman manifest the sea snakes? He's the one who's afraid of sea snakes. Yeah. But then Harry is afraid of jellyfish. Right. Does Beth manifest anything? She manifests the food being missing. <laughs> she's, she's like, oh, she's God, of God forbid. Hungry. Yeah. But. <laughs> Wait, my graham crackers. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it was a little inconsistent, I guess. But part of that could be due to seeing it through the character's eyes and them not understanding it and them actually being like unreliable narrators. Well, and 
Yeah, and then at, at one of those like climactic scenes where like I love fucking Norman. He like he 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 like kind of sells Beth out pretty quick. He's like, yeah, like yeah. So there's something wrong about Harry, and then like <laughs> the one like two seconds later. Yeah, one, two seconds later, she's like she comes back to be like all the food's gone, and then he goes up there yeah, and he sees does that there's not. food, and he's like Beth. Have you been taking your medication? You're fucking, right. you know, loosey-goosey now. And now he's on Team Harry. But then my question shortly thereafter, then he's, like, looking in the cupboards, and it's, like, dozens and dozens of copies of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mm-hmm. Is that Norman's manifestation, or is that Harry's manifestation? Because Harry's reading the book. I think it's Harry's because he's obsessed with that book. And I think my theory is... Um, Norman not believing Beth, even though it's very obvious yeah. that she's more stable at that point, yeah. is I think they were trying to show a little depth with um, his character and his relationship with her. I think he was feeling some guilt mm. um, towards what he did to her. And he is what like, What did he do to her? I think he just took advantage of her as she, when she was his patient. Oh. Uh. Um, maybe manipulated finger her a little bit. Or I think that's what he said essentially earlier. Essentially finger blaster, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think because he was so guilt-ridden about what he did and he was, like, resistant to her and stubborn to her, like, even though she was obviously stable and Harry's sitting there being, like, a fucking lunatic and he chooses his side with him. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think you answered my old question about what do you remember from the, of this movie as a kid? Oh, yeah. I remember most of it. Really? Yeah. And you remember liking it? Yeah. And I still like it. Mm. Mm. I think the flaws are definitely present, but the uncertainty, I love that in a movie where you you aren't sure who's reliable, who's sane. Because mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a little period in the middle there where you're not sure if Beth is like actually has ill will and wants to like murder Norman or if Norman is like being paranoid and if he's the one that's like not seeing the truth. And I like the idea of the aliens like almost putting that as a test. Like it just digs into our deepest desires. And if it, if we're manifesting shit, then we Mm -hmm. don't deserve to have that technology. Okay. I have two things to talk about. One, um, I, I was definitely, I was never bored watching the movie. I was entertained for all hour and a half of it or whatever, but um, I don't think it ever, like, I think it kind of, like, uh, it could have gone, because I laughed, actually, quite quite often. Samuel L. Jackson I thought was really funny. I yeah. thought there was, like, funny shit with, like, um, when they first board the ship, and there's, like, kind of the, that, like, archetype of like the unhelpful ship hand where he like won't tell them anything <laughs> okay. and like and and uh dustin hoffman is like going full hoffman and just being like what, what, why are we here why are we here? Uh, uh. Mm-hmm. and the and the unhelpful ship hand like doesn't even care that these are like big name scientists he's just like well, i don't know that's your bunk get the fuck out of here yeah um i like that kind of stuff but like those those things are kind of so few and far between which is, sucks because i think like dustin hoffman and samuel jackson are like hilarious and they could have like utilized that more yeah. but then they don't really ever go on the opposite side of the spectrum as far as like full sci-fi tension i didn't really get like mm. a lot like atmospherically i didn't get a whole lot of like yeah. scariness the same way that like i would have gotten from like um 
like Event Horizon or something, which came out right, around the right. same time. And like, you know, Event Horizon just had all these creepy shots, and you like are looking at the, um, the um, the, like the traveler space log or whatever, and like it's images and it's super creepy. Mm-hmm. They do the traveler like they look at the traveler's log for this ship. Not really that creepy. It's just like, oh, they might have uh, encountered a black hole or whatever. Yeah, and and I just think they're like missed opportunities. Either go full like kind of spoof yeah. comedy, like do like not spaceballs necessarily, but right. somewhere around there, and then or go like full Event Horizon creepy. I I appreciate and I'm probably borderline obsessed with like space horror and like mm-hmm. how creepy like some desolate spacecraft or some. Uh, ancient or unmanned semi-destroyed ship and all that kind of junk can be. Yeah, I like that too. But I do think that with Sphere, I think they were focusing more on the people. They they weren't concerned about like showing, oh, look how creepy this like chamber is or whatever. It was more about what the people had within them. Mm -hmm. Like that's what was really scary. That was being, that's what was being manifest, like brought out into reality. The sphere wasn't scary. Right. Nothing was scary except for what That's came true. from within the Because, yeah, the sphere isn't, it's not inherently evil no. or meant, yeah. It's just taken. And that's like Dustin Hoffman's monologue at the end or whatever, where he's right. like, you know, it, it, we, we used it like for our worst purposes. Or yeah. Whatever. We're not and ready we failed. For yeah. And we're like, it's quote-unquote enlightened minds so mm-hmm. what are like the masses gonna do with something so like what's, that i mean so the ship is from 280 years in the future right yeah that's how they but the, or no they don't know how far in the future it is but they know that it's been there for 280 years because of the coral or something is that right 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 but they can tell that the ship's older because of or ships from the future because they can like the technology is advanced or something. Mm-hmm. However, it's not that far in the future because the fucking like one-eyed willy skeleton guy that they find is holding <laughs> almonds. <laughs> He's got some salted almonds. Yeah. So like we've advanced, we've adv- we've advanced technology like technologically that much, but we're still eating shitty air- airplane peanuts and. It's sad. Hey man, it's almonds, a sad future. Almonds is like the perfect food. You think almonds is an upgrade from plain peanuts? A lot of protein in almonds. I go for pistachios myself. Pistachios. Uh, yeah. Um, but Dustin Hoffman and Sharon Stone. Maybe that's the biggest plot hole in there. <laughs> I can accept a spacecraft being thrown through yeah. a black hole, but Dustin and Sharon. She's vulnerable, though. I don't. Know. She's vulnerable. She was vulnerable during treatment. Yeah. He broke the code, man. Fucking broke the code. I don't remember the book that well, but I I remember. Oh, you did read it. Being more engaged with like who the characters were. <laughs> did you read the book before the movie or after? Before, hmm. and it actually didn't ruin. I mean, it, are you a Michael Crichton fanboy? And I didn't know it. No, no, I never read anything else by him. I don't think. Oh. Speaking of jellyfish, Queen Latifah, the black woman that you mentioned earlier, uh-huh. killed, killed by a swarm of jellyfish. KIA. Killed. Killed. I remember that scene, I think. Yeah, it was pretty memorable. And like, I don't know, I was kind of, while I watched it this time, I was definitely laughing because it's like, you know what's going to happen. It's like, it's... 
if you're in a swarm of any kind of animal, you should be concerned for your life. Like, <laughs> even if it's, like, kittens or uh-huh. birds or something, like, there's too many, you're like, you're outnumbered. And she's got, like, 20 jellyfish around her. I don't know. 50 who knows and 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 she's like amelia or like she's not worried in the slightest she's just like it's so beautiful she keeps on saying that and then yeah and they're all watching her Uh uh-huh they're all watching her die yeah and they seem kind of detached already but but then it keeps cutting back to dustin hoffman who's just like he looks like he's like waiting for a bus or something like (laughs) he's just like (laughs) just like staring and i don't know like if he's I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, yeah, there's I, not like any panic really. Yeah. Until too late. Well, yeah. I mean, probably the closest is Dustin Hoffman talking to Jerry, the computer, who is actually Harry subconscious. Uh-huh. Okay, whatever. That's stupid. Whatever. But he's talking like after Leif Schreiber's just been like, <laughs> like backdrafted to the face on that fire <laughs> and gets like burned to a crisp. And he's like, He's, like, using Jerry as his own psychologist or something by being, like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I could have done, I could have, I could have saved the but I, I did, I did not do it. Why? Why? Oh, he's... Why? I did not do, I didn't save him. I, I could have saved him, I did, I did. He sounds like Dr. Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Rebuttal? I ain't got nothing for that. So, taking that point score, Tally, Eric, mm, probably like five by now, and Steve, you have like one point. What did you, so, did you find, it's pretty obvious Beth is not a biologist. She doesn't really like show that she's a biologist at any point. Yeah, she does. Not really. Dustin Hoffman doesn't really show (laughs) it. He shows he's a psychologist, but like, also kind of like, what does Sharon Stone do that's biology related? I think there's two instances where they're dissecting a creature. She notices that the squid aren't actually uh, biologically accurate, probably because they're being manifested by someone who doesn't know, you know, the exact biology of a squid or a jellyfish. I mean, I didn't connect that. Okay. That's a point for you. Thanks. Don't get a big ego though. A big ego. (laughs) Were you at all disappointed that there wasn't more of an alien presence? Because, like, they kind of front-loaded with, like, um, I think, I forget if it's Samuel or Dustin, but um, when they're talking about how, like, yeah, this might be alien spacecraft or whatever, I think maybe it's Dustin who says, like, well, have we considered, like, that maybe we shouldn't go into the spacecraft? Like, maybe some things are better left unknown. Mm -hmm. And then I think Samuel L. Jackson talks about, like, we always assume that like the alien's gonna be like a nice like Steven Spielberg E. T. kind of creature, but what if it's like breathes in oxygen and spits out cyanide gas or right. you know, is you know, here to conquer and Yeah. Which I think is a good point. No, I they had several of those little I don't think they spent quite enough time on those, but those little really interesting philosophical <clears throat> yeah. quandaries or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And I think Lieb Schreiber had a couple I think he was the one that talked about why do we assume the alien <laughs> yeah. will be this way? I mean, you don't even know if it has a concept of murder or killing or life or what's your, anything. What's your perception of alien? Well, you didn't answer my question if you're disappointed if there wasn't more alien stuff. And then also, I want to know, what's your perception of aliens? Do you think they exist? Such as the Blink-182 song, Aliens, Do They Exist? I, 
I think in the in this movie it was perfect to just have the sphere and nothing else. Because mm. again, I think it's more about the humans and what they have inside them. The sphere is just like a, a lens to kind of see to the bottom of the human soul. And I think it's kind of like cool and a little creepy or whatever. Just like the aliens aren't even around, but their their presence is kind of there because they their creation is right here. But you don't even know what they're like, where they are now what they're doing if they Hmm. even know that we're looking at their shit or whatever i think it's cool just to have that total detachment what do you think it's made out of because they all all three of them say you go in the sphere and there's not really anything in there is it just like you're in like basically like yellow jello and you can just like kind of like eat your way around actually that that's one of the few parts of the book i remember really clearly is him describing what it was like inside the sphere really and it was really fascinating and interesting and like very emotionally stirring because hmm. it's he's it's really hard to describe the way he wrote it though, I want I my emotions to be stirred will you tell me what happened it's hard he, he he's like talking about I think like being in a fog or something like that but it's like a dialogue but it's kind of with himself but kind of with you know the aliens too hmm. it's mostly with himself but you know, I I don't I don't even want to describe it. I would I wouldn't do it justice. I just snored at you. But that's a good that's a good <laughs> part of the book. Um. But I wanted to ask you: Did I answer all your questions? Do you think aliens exist? Yes, and I do think that in general, we assume way too much about them. I mean, they might be a millimeter tall. They might be bigger than we can even imagine. They might not even exist in this plane. They might be without form. They <coughs> might, I mean, we just automatically assume like vaguely humanoid, you know, just like looks kind of funny, has weird skin or whatever. Like, yeah. Who's to say, out of all the possibilities in the universe and all the different worlds and all the different ways to exist, like, who's to say they're, they'll even remotely be like us in any kind of way? Mm. Can I ask my question while you're chewing? Mm. Mm-hmm. Say you take Dustin Hoffman's place, or Samuel L. Jackson, excuse me, say you take Norman's place. Or Harry's or place. Or Harry's place. Or Beth's place. Hey, it's 2016. You go into that room. You stand in front of the sphere. You're feeling it. You're flirting a little with the sphere. (laughs) Feeling up under its skirt a little bit. (laughs) You get absorbed into the sphere. You get spit back out into the fetal position on the floor. You go back to the ship. What happens next? What is manifested? Oh, well, I think about sex pretty often, so I think there would be like <laughs> sex happening. I mean, to be honest, yeah, to be honest. But if it's like getting at, at your worst point, parts, oh, your fears. Hmm. No, that's a good question. Uh, I'll pretend I'm Norman. I want flavor. I candy. guess I would probably be afraid. I mean, like again, if. I'm on the seafloor. We've like kind of lost our escape sub or whatever. I'm probably going to be fearful of being stuck down there forever. Yeah. 
and I probably would revert to or like resort just to <coughs> suspicion and jealousy and kind of just yeah negative things like that. Totally. So, you too. Bro, I imagine. Yeah, I am but a man. They don't show you the giant squid, right? No, but it, you see it on the radar, which, which I thought cool. was a good. I like that exercise in restraint. Yeah, nice way to 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 budget your money yeah. for your movie. <laughs> Just to see that like massive shape on, yeah. the, on the screen. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, very effective. And then I liked um, I, I, again. This movie has funny parts, but when when um, Norman goes back to talk to Jerry. And he's starting to put together that Jerry manifested. Like, he still doesn't know that Jerry is Harry, but he yeah. knows that Jerry manifested the giant squid. And and Jerry's like, did you like the giant squid? Would you like me to manifest it more? <laughs> and Norman's like, no, no, don't do it. There's, like there's also a point where they get some bad news. Or Jerry says something, like, very foreboding, I think. But it makes Norman say that's great, like sarcastically, and Jerry says, "I am happy also." <laughs> I think we're kind of at the finale now, which is probably my least favorite part. Or um, the climax, or the p- post. The are you saying climax is once they've gotten to like once they've been retrieved and rescued? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess climax or something. I'm okay, like. It's it seemed kind of silly, but I kind of like it too when they're like trying to escape. Like all three of them are fit into the escape pod or something, mm-hmm. and they keep manifesting themselves back into the into like getting lost in the spacecraft, and they can't like get out. Do you remember this? Or... Yes, yeah, uh, sir. I was distracted by that girl texting me. I wonder if there's a way to convey to her that you were in possession of Regina Specter tickets without you communicating to her. I could send her a text of the... I'll use the sphere. Use the sphere. <laughs> Just incept it into her. Um, All right, continue, so then, sorry. What's the issue I'm talking about? The climax. I'm fine. Like, it's a little on the nose, over the head, kind of like Norman's monologue about, well, we manifested the worst parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It goes on a little too long. And it's a little too, like, it doesn't... Too it long? That thing was short. It didn't really, um... I thought... It didn't... I didn't... It wasn't super compelling, I guess. It didn't, like... I wanted, like, a little... I, I did not cry at all during this movie. I wanted a little bit of tearjerk at the end as far as, like... I think they could have ramped that up a little bit if he is going to get on his soapbox and uh-huh. talk about it. Was it not compelling because you already knew the message and he was just kind no. of laying it out for you? or Not really. Well, I don't know. It didn't seem authentic. And also the three of them just, like, it's... The stakes didn't seem that high. It's like, okay, the government guys are going to... St- start asking us questions what are we going to say it just it, right. it's, it seemed like pretty like hardy boys scooby-doo kind of thing of, well the stakes know. are high because there's this technology down at the bottom of the ocean that if they tell them about will change the world here's the biggest bullshit moment of the movie <laughs> fucking okay so we're not going to tell them but how are we, what are we oh we'll agree to forget <laughs> like yeah. we're gonna like 
so that does so that answers the question I asked earlier as far as like are you able to like affect your own mm. physique or or right. mental state or whatever and they are able to simultaneously all decide to just yeah. unremember like this experience they've had right. on the ocean floor so then but that doesn't really explain like what are they actually going to tell the government guys yeah they just won't they'll just have to be like well we don't know they'll probably get We're killed like, they'll probably get killed hopefully <laughs> <laughs> and then and then after that i'll answer that later i'll answer that later do you have a trivia song Do you accept this mission to answer at least one of these six questions correctly? <laughs> yes, I accept. Okay. Maybe just might just be five. Okay, let's see. All right. Question one. What 90s rap metal musician is, is responsible for designing the sea snake? Is it A? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that... Ex- that's exhibit... Wait, wait, wait. Exhibit A for why there this movie is is bullcrap rap metal i feel like i don't even need the options yeah you do oh because you work so hard on them yeah i actually did some research <laughs> is it a joseph Hahn? in case you don't remember who that is the dj of lincoln park <laughs> is it b jacoby shaddix of papa roach is it c west borland of limp biscuit or is it d brandon boyd of incubus incubus is not rap metal I guess you're gonna. I guess you're gonna eliminate that one. I want to say this the man l- designed the sea snake, uh-huh. <laughs> and he was in a popular band, a successful band. I want to say Limp Bizkit guy. You West would think Borland. that that's the guy that had all the face paint. Remember? Wait, is that the the guy with the black contacts? Yes. Yeah. It oh. Seems like it would be him, wouldn't it? It does. It's not though. You're on. <laughs> it's Joseph Hahn of Lincoln Park. Oh, all right. Yeah, props to Han. That guy sucks, but all right. Number two. How did they make the jellyfish so aggressive or appear so aggressive? Is it A, jellyfish are naturally racist. So they cast Queen Latifah, taking into into consideration that she's black. (laughs) Is it B, real footage of jellyfish was played at a faster rate to make them seem more violent? C, chum consisting of plankton and crustaceans was released into the water to lure the jellyfish into a more confined space or D they sent vibrations through the water tank to aggravate the jellyfish uh, much in the same way that one might shake a uh, aquarium to get the fish to move the last one seems to make the most sense because I don't remember seeing chum floating around in the scene but at the same time that seems like cruelty to animals and I don't know if it would be legal the vibrations? yeah Mm. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, the first one is not correct. I mean, there's no evidence that jellyfish aren't racist. And the playing at the faster rate, she was <coughs> moving so slowly 
and they needed her, her to move even more slowly because she was underwater. So I don't think that would make sense. I'm going to say the last one. It was B. They have a faster footage of jellyfish. They played it three, three to five times faster to make but them look more. But she was moving so slowly. Yeah, but, you know, movie magic, right? All right. <laughs> Number three. Ooh, zero for two. The cast of Sphere includes one Oscar-winning actor and four Oscar-nominated actors. Name the winner and at least three of the nominees. Uh, you get bonus points for naming the movie. One Oscar winner and four Oscar-nominated. The Oscar winner is... Oh, fuck. It's either Stone or Hoffman. Well, maybe Schreiber. This is pre-spotlight, just, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> just just under the nose. <laughs> I'm going to say Hoffman is the winner. Mm-hmm. And the, the guessing the movie's extra credit, so I won't get docked if I get it wrong. Right. Did he win it for The Graduate? He got it for Kramer versus Kramer and Rain Man. Mm. Oh, Rain Man, I forgot about that. Can you that. name three of the four nominees? Stone, probably. Mm-hmm. Schreiber. No? No. Was Jackson nominated at that point? Was this like after uh, Pulp Fiction? Mm-hmm. Was it him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Stone, Jackson, not Schreiber. Who's that other guy? <laughs> Barnes? <laughs> was, it, was it Barnes? <laughs> I can't think of anybody else in that movie. Sharon Stone was nominated for Casino, uh-huh. Samuel Jackson, Pulp Fiction, Queen Latifah for Chicago. What? Wait, and Chicago? Huey, that's on the list. Did Chicago come that, out after that? That wasn't before. And Huey Lewis. Remember him? The, the helicopter pilot. <laughs> he was nominated for Best Song in a Movie. Oh, you God. know what he did? What? The Power of Love. Nice. Back to the Future. Queen Latifah, though, that that was after. Mm. Chicago? No, the research is sound. I think you're wrong. Mm. You've gotten one question correct, sort of. I'll give that one to you. (laughs) Four, the ending of the movie had to be reshot because why? A, test audiences couldn't believe that that the characters survived without going through decompression. B, the script originally had Lee Schreiber as one of the surviving characters, but due to conflicting schedules, he was unavailable to shoot and he was written out. C, in an alternate ending, Jerry Harry does kill everyone, but producers feared that audiences would dislike the doomsday ending. Or D, Barry Levinson, the director, originally ended the movie with the three surviving characters getting lost in the dream labyrinth of the spaceship and cutting to black, but opted for something more bright. I just really like the idea of the last one, so I'm going to guess that one. I like that too. But it's actually A, test audiences who were apparently nerds were like, wait, but they haven't gone through decompression. How (laughs) is it even possible? (laughs) (laughs) Assholes. Still just got one right. Uh, Last question. Wow. Five. Sphere currently holds a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Uh, So critics obviously had volatile opinions on this one. I will now read four statements, three of which are direct quotes from real-life critics. <laughs> Tell me which one is fake that I made up. <laughs> a. As the upteenth entrant in the We Are Not Alone sweepstakes, Sphere feels awfully familiar because it is. B. 
Leave Schreiber had the right idea. It's better to burn out than fade away, like the rest of this forgettable movie. Or C. That sounds so much like you. The Habitat's Habitat's small crew includes radio operator Queen Latifah, who is on hand to illustrate Hollywood's immutable law that the first character to die is always the African-American. Or D. And once they slip into diving gear, the scientists invade the mystery ship and make a startling discovery. Nuts. Smoked nuts. Smoked nuts from Earth in a tinfoil wrapper. Which one does not belong? Oh, God. The B? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> it sounds like Yeah, you. it was really pretty. You, you, that was me. I know you. You are my friend. I'm your friend. <laughs> Roger Ebert was the one who said the thing about the African-American mm. always dies. Wise, wise Roger. Well, congratulations on your whopping one out of five. <laughs> Two. One and a half. Oh, yeah, you got Hoffman as the, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, that was a piss poor showing. It's kind of a wordy trivia, so I think you know I'll take I'll take yeah. the heat on this one. Me and words don't really. No, I mean, yeah, you, you, Michael Crichton was the only book you've ever read, probably. <laughs> I'm hungry. So, what's your takeaway from Sphere? You still think it's? You would still tell people to watch it. It's still good. I would. I I think you didn't seem to have an issue with the ending. You seemed okay with that. I don't know. I just, I feel like a little connection to it. And I think the points that it brings up are interesting enough to, to overshadow the, the flaws. I think that I, we didn't talk about the acting. I thought the acting was pretty sound. Yeah, I agree. Listeners, to our two listeners, you should watch. Can I hear what your Samuel L. Jackson impersonation sounds like? Arrival is what you should watch. Hey, what's, hey, Samuel. Hey, listeners. hey, Harry. Harry, what's remind me what what's the square root of eight, Harry? I'm I'll not, give you an easier one. What's the hey, Harry? What's I don't. The I don't square, what's the square root of four, Harry? I don't do impressions of ethnic people. Yeah, but you did do Seth Green from Can't Hardly Wait. Well, he that? is white, isn't he? <laughs> okay, I was hoping to hoping to get a, a follow up on that one. You want to do Sharon Stone? Um, Let's hear your Dustin Hoffman. I thought mine was pretty good. It was a little Bernie Sanders-ish, but... Man, I wish I could do impressions. Wouldn't that be so cool if you could just nail impressions? I'm, like, so obsessed with how people's voices sound, especially Dustin Hoffman's. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Who's the most attractive person in this movie? Like, if you had to kiss them on the neck. On because I know how you feel about next <laughs> on the mini sub. Um, I think D- Dustin Hoffman's got a, a certain something to him. I don't know. He's like a really good sense of humor. He's really funny in a very understated way. He's got that voice. So you think he would make a joke after you kissed him on the neck? Yeah, a little lighthearted, fun and flirty joke. Hey, what, what, what we got here? Oh, hey, oh. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> uh. I don't really. I don't think I've ever found Sharon Stone like particularly attractive. Just not my type. Uh huh. But I'd kiss that neck. I'd kiss that neck. That's our game show. Yeah. <laughs> kiss that neck. <laughs> um, I have one question for you though. What is the best representation? What is the most believable representation of aliens you've seen in a movie? 
Coneheads. Bye, everybody! It's not really Coneheads. <laughs> I haven't seen signs in a while. I don't remember what those aliens look like. Aren't they green and stupid? They shouldn't have shown them.